by the way, in 2007, uh, so he went there in, in 77, and he's like, oh, it snowed every day for 69 days. 2007, it snowed every day for 72 days. Do you know how much sure. I rub that in his face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. Covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 33 of season 5 of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey guys. And Matt Cavender. You already know who it is. Uh, this week, in honor of Bell Let's Talk Day, we're going to talk about mental health, and we're going to get into results versus Bemidji State, talk about CCHA weekend that was, and preview the Lake Superior State series. Anything else, guys? Uh, I think that about covers what we need to get through. Sounds good to me. All right. We do have a special guest this week. I thought only tradition from his normal podcast reporting is eligible that I wait as long as possible to introduce him. Take it away, Matt. <laughs> Well, that works. Uh, my name is Matt. You can call me Matub, Acme Packing Company, Meme Weaver, and General Twitter Rabble Rouser. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Matt. That, that sounds or like Matub. you've done that before. <laughs> oh man, you should have heard. You should have heard how fast I did it when Tim was on my my show. <laughs> yeah, it was like a half a second. It felt like uh, crazy quick that week for whatever reason. Yeah, I went into auctioneer mode. <laughs> All right, since I've already given down the breakdown, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll be right back to chat with Matub. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to ArcadiaAgency.com. We fund everything at Tech Hockey Guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. All right, welcome back. Uh, you might be wondering why Matub is joining us. Uh, three years ago, we started a tradition of having hockey coach uh, Mark Wick on the show to talk about mental health near Bell Let's Talk Day. This year, I reached out to Matub after hearing his ending remarks on reporting as eligible, where he said for quite some time, call your best friend, tell you, tell them you love them. It's not too late until it actually is. Open your best bottle. Life is short. Um, Bell Let's Talk Day is Wednesday, January 24th this year. Uh, the day this podcast will drop for the public. It's an annual promotion from Bell, a telecom communications company in Canada. Uh, every year, it overflows into American hockey. Each social media post using the hashtag Bell Let's Talk on Wednesday results in a donation to mental health in Canada. As most of you know, this topic is important to me and many of us at Tech Hockey Guide will never forget Manit. And I want to continue to do whatever I can to help people find the support they need to get help get the help they need so we don't have to hear about losing any more friends or members of this community. Now back to Matub. Let's start with getting to know you a little better. I know your connection to Michigan mm -hmm. Tech and the UP, but why don't we start that with there for our listeners? Well, uh, my dad's from uh, Besmer, so like right on the border to, to Wisconsin. 
and he is a Husky, and so I became a Husky. And uh, yeah, so I started attending Michigan Tech in 07, um, mechanical engineering major. And you and you didn't make it like so many. I did right? not. Uh, <laughs> I was actually um, the biggest mistake I did was take the AP Chem test, and so I started my chemistry track in advanced material science, a 200 level class. And it was 9 a.m. on a Monday, my first ever college class. It just set me up for failure. Someone should have told you that was a mistake going in. <laughs> yeah, sometimes those AP classes, when they're they're basically just there to get you to be able to register earlier, and you just take the class anyway. Yep. But yeah, I uh, I also I I lived in DHH, and so I had to be outside for like 10 feet, so I'd fall asleep in the lecture because I was I was still warm and. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a lot of my freshman year. Except I probably didn't walk the ten feet from Wads to to uh, to is that Dillman? Is that the right name? I don't know. It's been thirty. Years. Yeah, it's Dillman's. Right. Dillman's the next years. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's part of the reason I like living in. Uh, I was I like living in McNair because it kept me honest. I had to get through there. I had to walk through the cold and then get to class, and there was nothing more I could do about it. I had to deal with it. <laughs> so when I was there, McNair was the choice because it had the best Wi-Fi, and mm. so, and so it was uh it was where all the computer science and computer engineering majors stayed. Hmm. Yeah, and the computer science learning community was still there at least when I went. I believe it's still there on like the third floor, right? Yep. What I mean that's where I it was what... when I went. Yeah, can I ask what years you were you were there? Oh, I was there. So I was there 07, um, and then I got uh, academically suspended in 09, and then came back to try to do it again. Couldn't quite make it and left in uh, 10. Okay. I did all that stuff at the end of my career and managed to find a way to get through. Um, so I think I was on Act Pro my, the year before the Misfits started. So got through that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had a I had a chance to come back after my second stint. Um, I was dating a girl from uh, Iron Mountain, and she broke my heart. And I was like, eh, I'll just stay downstate. <laughs> <laughs> that works, right? Uh, so why uh, why do you end the reporting as eligible with those remarks? So um, my best friend, my brother by choice, um, formerly known as Chaz Irwin, uh, recently passed away. Um, he had a couple year fight with uh, lymphoma. Um, he was in remission and it came back as a hyper aggressive rare form called uh, secondary CNS leptomeningeal. It was in his spinal fluid and his uh, brain. And it was just, it, they were like, you got four, six weeks to go. And he lasted for five weeks. Um, Chaz and I had been kind of distant for quite a few years. Like we would occasionally talk, but it wasn't what it once was and part of it was like one of those awkward things of like it's been too long like you can't just you know get back in touch with this person and then he called me on his birthday um september 21st and he was like yeah i'm going to the doctor something's wrong and um yeah he was he passed away november 6th um but in that five weeks i spent more time with him than i had in the past decade and 10 minutes in a room with him i knew that it was we were still where we used to be and we wasted all this time just being awkward and chewing on it and it it tore me up pretty bad um kind of like survivor's guilt as well as um you know shoulda coulda wouldas and so if i can help even one person like not go through the awkward shenanigans that i did it'll be it'll be worth it yeah i see that because i i know i have you know long-standing friends my college roommates or friends from high school that like I rarely text. I'm glad I still have fantasy football league with some of them. And, um, and then I reached out to one of my former college roommates with the recent news of Kenny Bragg. Is that right, Matt? Yes, that is the name of the student, uh, which we keep forgetting to mention, but, uh, it was a member of the pep band. They had a moment of silence on Friday night's game, um, for him passing over the holiday break. He was down home for the holidays and had been at GLI in the pep band and died in a house explosion in uh, downstate Michigan. I forget the town now, but I reached out to my college roommate because his last name's also Bragg and I didn't know if they were related at all. Sounds like they might've been distantly related, but uh, um, you know, I don't touch base with him much now. He lives out in 
Utah and I have never been out to see him. I don't even know the last time we saw we've seen each other in person just because it doesn't work out. We used to try and get together for like a brewer game every year, but neither him nor my other roommate, Matt, who lives in St. Louis now, another Matt to talk about. Uh, they're not really baseball fans or at least not brewer fans, but we used to do it when he lived in Chicago. We'd all try and get together, either go up to Miller Park or go watch the brewers at Wrigley Field or something and get together because it was kind of central location for the three of us. Um, but yeah, it's nice to like think about that stuff and and not let like the ADHD out of my, out of sight out of mind stuff get in the way of just reaching out to a friend when you think about them and and who knows what kind of impact that can have on them. Yeah, yeah and Matt, as as like heart wrenching as your story is, it was like kind of hard for me to like. I had to like sit with that for a little bit because that was. I think that you know, number one, it's definitely horrible, but I also feel like there's something kind of beautiful in that, that you guys still had that kind of friendship after all that time. And it was just, you own your own, like sitting on your hands. And I think it's a, like an incredible case study and how there's so many more people out there that care about you than you really like come to think of in your head. And that's something that we've really struggled with, with uh, the loss of Manit. I'm not sure if you're familiar with all of that, but we lost a member of our community to suicide. And a lot of us are dealing with the guilt of like, what we could have done differently, what we didn't notice, what we could have done better around him. And Mm -hmm. I I wish he knew how many people were out there like you for your friend that really cared about him. And like the the thing I would tell people is like, look, man, if if we weren't in a hospital and him in a bed, might as well have been my dad's basement. Like it was two minutes in. It was what it had always been for the last 20 years. And the cavalcade of people that came through to see him in his final days was insane like he didn't realize that he had that many people that that cared about him and I, that is kind of the the i don't know poetic irony of it that he he got to see the parade of people going through that actually cared about him he didn't he t- essentially attended his own funeral is kind of how he was putting it mm-hmm. um but yeah like you really you don't know who comes out of the woodwork who's like yeah man i was thinking about you or whatever and it's yeah it's it's rough man especially the survivor's guilt does hit pretty hard when you're like oh i wish i would have done this different or i wish i could have done something different and um so i got into podcasting way back in 2010 2011 and i was doing it with a canadian guy so i've been doing bell let's talk episodes for a while now um and so yeah like when tim told me that that's what was going on today i was like hell yeah bring me in because people need to know like like mental health is something that you can't ignore and it's okay to talk to people about it yeah, and there's so many more options these days. I know, um, you know, most works these days have an EIP where you get so many free sessions every year. Um, so always look into that stuff. There's so many more options now where you can pay like a flat fee per month to talk to a therapist online as many times as you want. My work currently allows me to talk to a therapist through Teladoc for free. Although it's my understanding that that's going away in July, which really sucks, but uh, that's the way things are. But there's lots and lots of options out there these days that that make it easier for you to do it without maybe feeling any stigma related to, you know, walking into a therapist's office. Not that I think anybody should these days, but I understand that it's hard to overcome that stuff for some people because they just feel like they're soft or don't want to admit they're broken or whatever but a lot of times it's it's just important to talk about that stuff and and see what's out there i mean i found out i had adhd at the age of like 40 so and i think there's a lot of people in my generation that didn't didn't know and never knew and haven't found out and it really is worth it to find out and try and better understand yourself and why certain things are happening. Um, and, and, and I wanted to share this. My girlfriend sent me this meme just the other day. And she said, too many of us have tried to tone down our weirdness for friends or partners only to later learn that we were suppressing the best things about us. There's no joy like the joy of being your strange self and finding that there are people who love you for it. And uh, that's quoted to 
Bose Harrington, I guess. So I didn't look that up to confirm it. But I really like the message of like not being afraid to be yourself because if they're truly your friends, they're going to love you for that and not uh, like there's no point in trying to pretend to be someone else because then those people aren't really who you should be friends with anyway. And no one that I've ever met in my life was more themselves than Chaz was. Um, his favorite show was Golden Girls, and he would stand it like it was. <laughs> and, and like, uh, the amount of people that... Good stuff. Like, so he, he had a big uh, um, funeral that wasn't really what he wanted. So afterwards, we all went out day drinking and then ended up at a karaoke bar. Um, and what's funny was everybody rolling through the day drinking, they're like... You're like, oh well, yeah, I got into Golden Girls because of Chaz. Like, like seven people. <laughs> it's yeah, a great like, show. Oh yeah, so good. But yeah, that guy, like, he was he was every bit himself through and through to the end. It was he he was a good. Um, uh, I mean, what's the? It's a bit pejorative, right, to say like, let your freak flag fly, fly. But like, that was that was him, man. Like, <laughs> and that is a part of myself that I kind of lost like when he and I lost touch. So it, it does feel good to be more, I guess, myself, even though I'm in my mid-30s. Well, and I think for a lot of people, Mitch's Misfits is that too, where the the student group is a great outlet for students to, to be themselves. Like, I mean, we're called Misfits for a reason. Like, we're all <laughs> just kind of, we're allowed to be goofy in our own way, much like the way the, the pep band members are and, and have our own little quirks and whatnot and and it feels like everybody just loves the group for what they are and we get to be ourselves and and everybody over the years has kind of put their own stamp on it i know matt likes to talk up how awesome it is that he started the flag tradition um and how there's just all these things like like who would have thought that like so much that i've learned over life is like like there are many things that I regret, but I also have to look at my life and realize that I wouldn't be the person I am without those mistakes and and different events in my life. Like there would not be Mitch's misfits as they are today if I hadn't taken six years to graduate college. Like because Mrs. Misfits was created out of my super, super senior year. <laughs> like I wouldn't have still been there to ever go to that hockey game. I wouldn't be doing this podcast now. I know we've talked many times about how much that one game on October 18th, 2003 changed lives, but it's not, it, we're not exaggerating anything. Like, do you really think, Matt, that Kellen and Diaz and the other five people would have driven to St. Thomas on a Thursday and driven home on a Thursday night to go to their 8 a.m. classes if it wasn't for me attending that game in 2003? I don't think so, and I because like I took when like when Kellen was in town, I took him and Rosario out to dinner, and he was telling me about how like prior to Tech, he wasn't you know much of a hockey fan, and then he like really got into it because of how like involved the group was, and it was a great outlet for him. So I feel like if it wasn't for you going to that game, and then the continuation from there on, he probably wouldn't be going there with Diaz and all the guys. And it, and to, it's such a good way to look at like events of your life like um because i've also heard that i think it's like a chinese proverb of like something good or bad happening and the person just doesn't know until more things happen like the son fell off his horse and broke a leg and everybody in town's like that's horrible and then the next day the army comes by to conscript any able-bodied like teenager and the son can't because he broke his leg the day before and suddenly it's a good thing he broke his leg and we just don't know like it's really easy to get down when you fail a test or or you get dumped or whatever and and over time I've just learned through life experience to like like when I got dumped or when something went badly it was it just became easier for me to through therapy to to look for what I got out of that relationship while I had it, whether it was, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of examples, but like, you know, re re understanding my love for, uh, a sport or, um, I'm trying to think of the other examples that, cause I know I had them in the past, but now that I'm in a pretty happy, stable relationship, they kind of all get forgotten. But, 
like there, there's so many things where you can just look at that relationship and realize that like like take it for what it was and accept that it was like a a summer of fun or whatever versus being like a tragic end kind of feeling and it and i think it just helps focus better on like how that relationship changed your life for the better even if it ended when it did i thought i interrupted somebody did that thought get ruined rob is that no it wasn't oh. me <laughs> no i i was gonna say something but oh you you kept going but okay. i was just going to say when you said that you've made a reference to would they have came to st thomas if you know you, you didn't start the misfits misfits because you took six years to go to school and the first thing that came to my mind was a reference to you know, our favorite podcaster. And I said, I thought, well, you're kind of like our own little Gavrillo Principe and yeah. re- reference to the Dan Carlin's um, yeah. World War One podcast, which we <laughs> talked about a few few episodes ago. Yeah. I think well, there's still and crazy you and I would be friends making Dustin. the trip, but they don't have the same name. That's for sure. <laughs> Why? But I don't think they do, first of all, because I. Like the only reason they went to the Thursday game is because Matt tried to poke them into going, and then I was Actually, like, "No, we can make it how, free." It's a little different. Kellen wanted to go. He asked me if it was a good idea, and the answer was <laughs> no. But the answer was still that he should do it because that's so, going to be the story he talks about. Yeah. The answer is yes. It's a good idea. Good idea to go. Like I said I I but it specifically is not a good know idea to go back the same night. I know the exam question <laughs> my dad drove back for. I've heard that story about driving back and forth to hockey games in the 80s so much that I can tell you the forestry life cycle exam question he actually had to have that he got to go back to for his whatever AM class. Yeah. So tech students have uh, have been driving long distances for playoff games and getting back for getting That's back true. for they're, things. They're this was in, a in, random in. Thursday regular season game. Right. Yeah, no, that's sure, sure. But which isn't normal at all. <laughs> no. See, my old man, all he ever did was say that the weather was never going to be as bad as it was when he was there and how great <laughs> how great K Day used to be before that one guy. Died. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't get cool stories like that. Yeah. Oh, which by the way, in two thousand seven, uh, so he went there in, in seventy seven and he said, Oh, it snowed every day for sixty nine days. 2007 snowed every day for 72 days. Do you know how much sure. I love that in his face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at LivoniaTech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A Tech.net. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. What's up? You've got two kids. Are they going to follow in you and your dad's footsteps and at least try to go to Michigan Tech? Well, uh, yesterday my son told me that he wants to be a robot dog when he grows up. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I he's got a it. solid chance of going to tech. You could find, <laughs> I'm sure you could find that interest in tech if you wanted to. I was going to say like biomedical. You guys think that would be? Good? <laughs> well, there's plenty of mechanicals and robot stuff going on up there, and there's definitely a lot of folks that uh, dress up as well. So I just want to <laughs> see this dude walk on campus and like march straight up to the dean and be like, "I want to make myself a robot dog." <laughs> Like you want to have a robot dog pet? No, I want to, be, to one. be the robot dog. Also, in his defense, he's two. Yeah, so well, you know, yeah. he's yeah. got some time to a, think about it. That is a <laughs> wonderful thing because you want to know what you want to know what my fiance wanted to be when she was going to grow up. She wanted to be a Burger King burger flipper. Nice. Hey, 
<laughs> some people's goals are easily more easily achievable than others there matt <laughs> yeah you can go to I'd northern say, and do that one matt that's true that's true <laughs> but hey my brother-in-law dropped out of northern he's doing just fine <laughs> yeah we uh we don't make fun of that never on the podcast no never. never never not once we don't make fun of the fact that they look like they have waste management colors or anything <laughs> my, my daughter will hate that i said this but she doesn't listen to the podcast so it doesn't matter but she told my ex that she wanted to be a cashier until she found out that the cashier doesn't get to keep the money. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, you don't know that's very sound little kid logic. Okay. I understand that. Um, I'm going to put Augie on blast here for a second because he had the greatest case of little kid logic I'd ever heard in my life. Um, because when he was, when he, when he was growing up, he originally lived in like the Lansing area, but then his family like up and moved to like Beaver Dam in Wisconsin. Like you guys know, but, um, He's his his the biggest thing he was bummed out about is that in his mind, like every house was assigned to a name. Like the reason you had your last name was because of the house you were in. And his last name is Oftenbergy. So he was like, damn it, I spent all this fucking time learning how to spell Oftenbergy. Now I'm gonna have to go learn a new name. <laughs> But it was pretty. But it was pretty fun. He told me the the way that his uh, family learned how to, or they teach their kids how to say often or spell Oftenbergy is they use the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse theme song, A U F D E M B E R G. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a like it. It literally means on on the mountain. Yeah, that's why. Like, it's incredibly literal if you speak German. (laughs) Yes. Oh man, that's like. friend of mine from back home actually moved out here in Colorado same time uh maiden name Sam's she teaches fifth grade married name Gersten Schlager yeah <laughs> that escalated quick <laughs> them Germans man yeah <laughs> they are a good uh they're good at putting all the words together and making another word they enjoy that <laughs> that's their thing I mean we talk about that every time we play at Ferris right yep a big Leben. yeah so Matt, one of the things I wanted to ask, and this is, you know, a little bit on the heavier side of things is that, sure. um, I'm somebody that like one of my biggest mental health struggles is I kind of like struggle with my own mortality and what the end is life like. And like, it sounds like your buddy had such a like really kind of graceful time to go through that. I couldn't imagine hearing that call that I had six weeks left to live and what I was going to do. And it sounds like he approached that in like such a elegant way. So, so like, would you, like, could you just like kind of talk about what it was like to go see him in the hospital and like what those were like and what it was like if you were in there with somebody else? And well, shoot, man, I'll tell you. Like, so I was with him. Okay, so he passed away on the sixth. I left the fourth. So like, I saw him forty-eight hours before he passed away. And that week, he and I talked about. I was like, hey, man, like you've had stiff upper lip about this whole thing. Um, and he said when he was originally diagnosed. So how he was originally diagnosed is he was a luthier at um, uh, Gibson in Nashville. Like, so he made Gibson guitars. I had to um, think and, way too hard about what that actually meant until you got to the Gibson part. Like, what the hell does that mean? Uh, luthier. Is, Sorry. Yeah, guitar. yeah. No, it, it, it clicked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, he had horrifying back pain. Goes to the doctor and the doctor is like, your L4 is disintegrated. It is just dust. That's weird. You are a supposedly healthy guy who's 30. That shouldn't happen. Um, then they found out he had non Hodgkin's lymphoma, which right. That's like the one you beat, right? Like that's the 98% five year survival rate, something like that. Um, and when they told him he was in remission, he said he never believed it. So he went through a year of chemo and treatment, dealing with his own mortality, lost all of his hair, um, lost a ton of weight, had to move back home. So he, uh, he and I are both from the greater Flint area. Um, and, uh, so when, he started to have these neuropic um, symptoms. He was just like, yep, it's, it's back for me. Like, so he never had to go through the ups and downs mentally of like, I'm better now I'm worse again. And the thing that he said to me, he's like, Matt, I've been dying for two years. I'm like, dude, <laughs> that's insane. Um, I was with him when two different religious figures gave him last rites, um, two separate times, like a month apart. Um, but part of it was he, it's crazy. was he lost the ability to walk less than three weeks after he was diagnosed or re-diagnosed, I should say. Um, and actually like his sister sent me a text like, Hey, like, like Chaz can't walk 
get on a plane. And so I was in Michigan the next day. And uh, um, he ended up, like, from the waist up, he was fine. He literally could play guitar until the day he died. He played guitar at 2 a.m., six hours before he passed. Like, his hands never got weak. Hmm. And I think having that, I'm not going to say, like, reason to live, but, like, that sliver of quality of life is is kind of what kept him positive the whole time. And it is really one of those things of, like, a stop and smell the roses sort of thing. Like, he that one detail is what kept him very happy. And that's kind of a thing that I now look for. In fact, so he um, left me all of his guitars in his will. And I don't really have space for all of them. And it's a pretty substantial collection. But the one that he's most proud of is a 2017 um, Les Paul standard that I now keep next to my desk at all times. I'm a terrible guitar player. I've been playing (laughs) since I was 16. I'm awful. But because of him, I have, you know, picked it back up. I'm doing online lessons, like, and I'm finding real joy in it. And so I think that's the thing is, is it's not necessarily focusing on the end, but <laughs> right, I'm now I'm quoting Miley Cyrus, right? Like, it's the climb. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dustin loves Miley Cyrus. I remember jamming out at the bar to her a ton. I think I only know one song, though, maybe two. Is it Party in the USA? That's one of them. That's the one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all you my, need to know. That's a touch tunes go to for me, my guy. Yeah, I like that one. And I do. I like. <laughs> the, don't bring yeah, up touch like tunes in this group. Yeah, touch tunes to Dustin is a bad subject. He can clear a bar faster than anybody we know. Oh heck? man, I'm. I'm probably one of the reasons that the app has a geofence now. Because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we used to use touch tunes. This, this sounds very familiar <laughs> from Minnesota to play whatever we wanted at State Street Brats after the Badgers would lose in hockey or something like. <laughs> Right, we would we would use we would do that, and then we and then we would also do like the text board they used to have there with the TVs where they would post your text messages live. So we would just like randomly post stuff after like a Badgers hockey loss. And I do need to talk to Paul sometime to find out when he was a season ticket holder for Badger hockey to find out if he's ever seen me with my shirt off before. He <laughs> might have. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask him about it. I'm guessing um, not, because I'm guessing it was. <laughs> before all of that happened because i think he's a little older than me and probably graduated relatively on time unless he was in law school at the time uh he well he did he went to law school at uh, marquette I okay um i don't but Dust, dustin i got a pro tip for you william hung's christmas album is on touch tunes and it is the most horrifying like cats <laughs> nails on a chalkboard Man. That you can possibly yeah. play. Except I'm not, doing that. I'm not doing that when I'm actually at the bar. I don't know. I think the bar that we were at in, in Bethlehem was decent because we were upstairs and all of a sudden we hear the entire music like change downstairs to play Gordon Lightfoot. And we're like, hey, it's time yeah. to go. That's my, fa- that's my favorite Gordon Lightfoot. Especially you get, you get in a place a, that's playing like dance music and stuff. Very much <laughs> dance music. Heavy bass. Everything we just hear. We hear we hear it downstairs faintly because it was the same place we were at drinking upstairs. There was a bar downstairs that was like a dance club style instead. That dude wrote an eleven minute song about a seven minute shipwreck. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow it's like one of the best songs ever written. It's so good. <laughs> but you know what? It's a really when you tell people about Gitchagumi, it's a really good way to just be like, Yeah, listen to the song. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. I was at where did I go? I stopped at uh, Broadway Pizza here on the West Northwest Metro after um, the St. Thomas game on Saturday night because apparently the original Broadway Pizza no longer exists and is an apartment building. So we apparently there's a bar really close to it called Broadway Bar and Grill, and I thought that was the pizza place. No, so oh. I had to drive up to the one in Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Park. I forget which. So we went there and it had a touch tunes and I was like, this place does not feel like a place that wants to hear Edmund Fitzgerald, but I didn't mm-hmm. feel like paying like $5 to play it. So I didn't do that because I don't use See, touch tunes as much as you do, Dustin. That's what I'm telling you, man. Credits in there. I go through, I go through at least like $40, $40 a week just throwing <laughs> shit on touch tunes. <laughs> so back when I was doing it, five bucks would get you like three William Hung songs. So yeah. <laughs> That see, I feel bad because that guy is just like an immigrant that came over here to like have a better life and wanted to sing some songs, and the joke just went way too far. But at the same time, 
if you really want to clear a place out. <laughs> but you know what? I don't feel bad because he leaned into it. Like he knows that he's oh, a yeah. sideshow. Yeah. He's, I mean, in, he's in on the joke. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm not sure he was in the beginning, but yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Now I will be- I now I believe he's in on the joke, but I don't know if at <laughs> at the origin, yeah. I think no. at the point when you have a twelve song Christmas album after being a joke, like yeah. you're in on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least, are any of them better than at least better than Macarena Christmas? Oh, there it's dude, it's close. <laughs> uh, wow, I did not expect today's episode to go there, but it did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to talk about on uh, Bell. Let's talk this week, Matt. You got anything else you wanted to say, uh, Matt? Not Matub. Um, I would just say that like it's important to kind of take an inventory on your life and kind of look at the things that are going well and the people that care about you because a lot of that you know like as we can see with other Matt's story with his friend like things can change in an instant and then on the other side of that if you're not the one that's experiencing the tragedy it gives you a a sense of like how many people out there really care about you so I don't know like really a great way to end all this because I feel like that's just such a like really heavy story that got, that was so tragic and so quick. And I just don't feel like there's a great natural transition well, out of it. But... All right. I've, I've, I've got one for you actually. Yeah. Um, so Chaz and his dad, like as much as I want to say, I was his best friend, him and his dad were like inseparable. There were times where like they would FaceTime while they were eating and just like to see each other, not even talk. <laughs> um, and his dad's not doing too well. He's, he's, spiraled pretty hard into his grief and i was like hey you know charlie like i call him pretty regularly check in on him like hey charlie like have you talked to anybody no need no need to talk to anybody man i don't talk to a shrink I'm like no charlie like it's it's i was like look man you don't work on your own truck right no i take a mechanic i was like it's you're going to a brain mechanic that's all it is man it's just maintenance like you got you got something to work on go to so go to a professional to help that's it like it's not there shouldn't be a stigma just yeah. it's just brain maintenance well, and you talked a lot about getting to, uh, like, kind of live through his funeral. One thing that, that I have always thought about is is when my dad passed of cancer, well, what, seven years ago now? Something like that? Six, seven years ago? Um, if you'd have told me in high school that the funeral home would be overflowing with people wanting to come and give their respects and and all that, I would have laughed at you because when I was still in high school, he was just a grumpy pack-a-day cigarette-smoking guy that didn't seem all that happy with his life and just, uh, you know, wished he could go fishing and hunting more and didn't really care about anything else. And then suddenly towards the end of high school, he met a new group of friends who happened to be building their new house and, and he became this pretty happy guy and 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 became an important friend to a lot of people when he kind of found himself again and i think it's just a good message to send that like no matter where your life is today that there's still plenty of opportunity to change it for the better and to to leave a legacy that maybe 15 years ago or or like that yourself today could not even imagine. And I think that's important to remember that like, and and I, like I said earlier, so much of life is about learning from mistakes to circle back on more of a sports thing. Like I know I saw a quote recently that said like that Michael Jordan said that like the reason he succeeds is because he's failed more than anybody else. And And I think that's true to a lot of respect of like, you can't go through life scared of failing you have to just take all those mistakes and failures as learning experiences and find a way to to grow from them and and find the value in all that stuff and and try and 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 make your life better and there's plenty of opportunities to do that uh, i mean matub failed out of tech twice and look he's doing just fine right uh yeah i failed forward man i am um... <laughs> i was i was working a dead end job um and then my girlfriend moved to Colorado and asked me to follow her. And I came out here and fell ass first into the dairy industry. 
ironically, outside of the Midwest. <laughs> I was about to say, this man runs a Packers podcast yeah. outside of the Midwest and does dairy. Like this is there's the cheese connection. Bro, yeah. I make yeah. I make I make cheese in Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad we didn't get any questions from anybody today. Unlike your football podcast that I think had eleven <laughs> questions before they were done recording the Brewers podcast last night, from what I heard. Oh. So yeah, it's the we got to up that Patreon thing. Like we got to <laughs> charge five bucks for questions. These people are nuts. Yeah, yeah you got to get rid of the the like the two dollars still gets your Brewers podcast priority, but not Packers anymore. I think <laughs> it, it's just crazy how stuff like that works out. Uh, but yeah, I was sad that we didn't get any uh, cheese making questions for the podcast. Well, I mean, today. do you guys have any cheese making questions? <laughs> I've been in a, quite a few cheese factories over the years. The IT guy that has to beard up, beard net up when you go to replace shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm I do controls, so like I'm just like an IT guy with a wrench. Oh, sure, sure. You, you're on the OT network side, like all the the uh, PLC stuff. PLCs, yeah, yeah. I'm working in paper mills doing that type of stuff, but I work with the guys that do the PLC side. I don't work on the PLCs themselves, right? Sure. I make the PLCs. I'll let be, let them talk to each other. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I was expected to do all that myself. I'm basically the entire engineering department. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> we brought in a, a sysadmin who had never done any network design before while we were commissioning the plant. And oh, he and I. That doesn't sound like a, a fun time he, then. <laughs> he and I had to redesign the entire network because um, the original. So there's a liquid processing plant that they then added on to. Um, so, like, I don't know if you guys have ever had Fairlife before, like Fairlife milk. I have some fair life in my fridge right now. Heck yeah. That so does not like, sound like it's penetrated the Wisconsin market that far, to be honest. I've not heard of that one. <laughs> fair life? It's because like, it's a like, it's like a lactose free milk is like their big selling oh, yeah. point. So that's probably why in Wisconsin well, they're not doing so gotcha. <laughs> So they also do ultra filtered. So basically you can make like a protein shake out of skim milk by just like filtering it down so there's a ton of like uh components to it. And you can do that to fortify your cheese milk to make perfect cheese, have the perfect protein to fat ratio. Sure. Um, and so they took this plant that had the filtration system, built a cheese plant off the back of it. Well, the original plant was on a dot one IP address network. One nine two one six eight dot one dot whatever. Yeah. And there's 150 PLC components in just the old liquid plant. So figure out what happens from there. <laughs> You only get 254 of those to use. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, yep. and that also includes like the 50-something employees that all had computers and phones they, and whatnot. They shouldn't even be on the same network security, man. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, dude. And this thing was all broadcasting. Just, there's no DMZ. Everything's just screaming into the ether. And so between me and this guy, Lovely, um, had to completely redesign sure, the sure. network for the – and neither – like. I've never done anything IT before coming into this yeah. position and he'd never been a network engineer, but we've, you know, between Google nice. and YouTube, you learn a lot. Man. Yeah. There's you, a lot. You can there. learn a lot that way. There's a lot there. It's a, uh, it's a fun adventure. I've been in a network IT consultant for, that's all I've ever done. I've only done IT consulting. So I got lucky enough to land a consulting job right out of tech. So yeah. uh, that's all I have, all I've ever known. And I pretty much decided that servers and desktop support weren't my thing about two years into working with a couple of small biz customers and I've been just net, just pure networking ever since. I mean, there's a half rack of networking crap like right there for home lab stuff. That Heck yeah, home lab. Run a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's 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 all the monitors over there is the work battle station <laughs> nice. for when I'm working at home. But yeah, that's no, that's my jam. I've been doing OT stuff for about two and a half years now with one of the paper companies in the area a couple of days a week, nice. which is a completely different beast than regular networking. When it's machines that have to run 24-7 and you have to figure out when to take them down and nobody knows how they work, it's a good time. Yep. <laughs> and so it's my job to figure out in the code how they work and when you can take them down. Yep. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yep. There's a couple of really good guys that I work with at the place I'm at that uh, know how the systems work. And then all the OEMs come in as well, right? So they come mm -hmm. over from wherever overseas they are. Nobody manufactures the actual stuff that makes stuff here anymore, mm -hmm. it seems, right? So... All so, the specialty <laughs> equipment comes from Northern Europe or oh, yeah. uh, or somewhere else. So, why well, I, I so I got brought in to kick the OEMs out. That's my job. Is sure, to sure. Learn the systems well enough that you don't well have enough. to call those guys. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, you definitely want somebody on site that's not the phone home version, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, yep. But so basically, everybody I work with, I would say probably 
85 to 90% are Hispanic and or Mexican immigrants. And so it's mostly Spanish, right? Sure. And they, they we say, okay, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here. Um, El queso nunca duerme. Like the cheese never sleeps. Yeah, the so cheese like, might, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, like, it's like, oh, hey, I want to take down one of your, our block pressing towers. And it's like, no. <laughs> it's, it's it's only running at 70% efficiency. Don't care. 70% is more than zero. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, that's foodstuffs too. Like if that's, if it goes unrefrigerated or some part of the process breaks for X amount of time, mm-hmm. that's a whole bunch of shove it out the back. It's waste. Oh no. We, we shove it into a tote and sell it to pig farmers. <laughs> Fair enough. At least you got somewhere it could go, I guess. <laughs> now, the paper industry isn't quite so heavy on the uptime there, but those big paper machines, they're literally, you know, football field long and mm-hmm. wide and take mm-hmm. up an entire building. And if they're not spinning and making paper go through them, they're not making their money. So they don't like them to be turned off. And they basically run 363 days a year. It depends on the mill, but yeah, a lot of them are, they are running a lot of the time for sure. That's the one I worked on in college. Yeah. Which, where were you at? Uh, It doesn't exist anymore. The uh, Gladfelter that used to be in downtown Nina. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I've been here long enough to know that there's a lot of paper mills that don't exist anymore around here that (laughs) that used to be here when I started down here. The only cool thing was I actually worked on the paper machine that my grandpa designed and installed. That is kind of That is very cool. I got screwed over by the union, but that's a whole separate issue. (laughs) I was really irritated with that whole game because they made a whole fucking deal about who was his face getting into the Cowboys Hall of Fame. And I was like, could you imagine if they made this big of a deal for like, I don't know, prime time getting into like the Falcons Hall of Fame? There's no way. (laughs) This is stupid. Why do we have to watch all this? I really the biggest reason I wanted that win is because I was so sick of like this huge way that like we view the Cowboys to fight despite the fact that they've been a mediocre team for the entire time I've been alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that you, Matub, on the Packer one talking about? Was it Deshaun Watson or Kyler Murray not being Kyler, a Cowboys yeah. fan because they sucked when he was a kid? Yeah. Kyler Murray's like, yeah, the Cowboys pretty much sucked my whole life. And I was like, what? They won all those Super Bowl. Oh my God, you're a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hard to believe that they have not been. Well, more I mean, relevant since Favre retired than they have. Like that's they've like, been, but they've been relevant. Like, even but they haven't when, won a championship. They haven't been no, to a they Super Bowl. Really, they haven't. They haven't. But you can't say that they sucked. Like no, during the Tony Romo era, were, but they, they were eight and eight basically every year in the Tony Romo era. <laughs> they fucked up all the time, but yeah. they yes. weren't awful. No, they weren't. They're they're far from. They awful, weren't the Browns. But, but but when you're, I don't know. The I post, get it though. The post Jimmy Johnson Cowboys were hot garbage. The Romo era was good though. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, but when he and when you know, trying to think about that timeline, like when he was a kid, it would have been like Tony Romo, right? Like that. Would no, have it would have been. Of... So it was like the the late '90s is kind of like when he like was uh, I guess sentient, like right, like when he stopped pooping in his jeans. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't really like. How old are you when you actually start? caring whether or not they win like oh sure yeah i was it was 96 for me so i was seven. right <laughs> i was born did you ever see my tweet matub about like one of the first games that i remember was like uh... <laughs> okay first of all you're stealing my bit i know i am that's the whole point <laughs> did you see what i tweeted it was uh no i don't think i did i have to find the year now because it was so it was almost the greatest comeback in green bay packers history where is it though I know I have a tab open with it here, or I did. Maybe I closed it. There it is. So it was December 19th, 1990. Uh, and it was, was a year and a half old at that point. So the, the Packers were down 20 to nothing with like eight minutes left and came within a play of winning the game. They, they recovered, they scored a touchdown from like Blair Keel came in to replace Anthony Dillwig, who was like six for 30 in the first three quarters. (laughs) So they scored a touchdown. They recovered an onside kick. They scored another touchdown. They squibbed the next kickoff, and the guy who picked up the squib dropped it, and the Packers recovered on, like, the Seahawks 20. And then on fourth and goal, they failed on a pass from Blair Keel to uh, Jeff Query. And I will never forget that game ever because when he threw it to Blair Keel, my dad stood up 
to celebrate the touchdown. And then as soon as he realized it was incomplete, he just stretched. <laughs> like that is one of like the first memories I have of watching a game with my daughter. I am I remember, very glad. Like, I remember the 19, the 89 season was the one they almost made the playoffs with Mikowski, I think. Mikowski, that was his Pro Bowl year, right? Yeah, that was the year that they like sent a bunch of cheese to like Cleveland or something, hoping they could beat the Vikings in the last week of the season. Then they did not. So we mm. finished one game out. But like, I remember that season, but I don't remember any of the games. Like, I remember that that game the year after. So crazy. You? Yeah. All I know is that when we scored the goal this weekend with, you know, a couple seconds left to tie it up. If my wife was walking behind me at that time in the kitchen while we were cooking, I totally would have punched her in the face and it would have been real bad because <laughs> I screamed and put my hands in the air very loudly while cooking at the stove, watching yeah, on my it. iPad during the during the during that goal. <laughs> Rob, yeah. was your dad still at the game? I would assume so, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob, I was hosting a game night with my neighbors and a couple other friends that were here. So like we were all kind of like invested in this game, but then we had like the game kind of in the back on mute. And I was like, oh, and I was just like looking at the game real quick. I was like, oh man, goalie pulls. Uh, we, <laughs> last, last ditch kind of an effort here. And then everyone there, I was the only one there at like any association with tech, but everyone looked at the screen when they went in, they all just like, they all went nuts. They just like, <laughs> it was kind of cool that even though they weren't like really invested in college hockey in general, they like understood the emotion of that moment, which was cool. All right. Well, we'll get into that some more, but thanks for joining us, Matab. We appreciate having thanks you. Thanks for having us. I, yeah. I appreciate yeah. you. Thanks for being on. Have Thanks. Back to your gentlemen later. See ya. One minute remaining in the podcast. All right. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at TechHockeyGuide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. I actually did a really good job of posting call for questions everywhere this week. I had it all done on Friday night, even did the, like the prepared tweet. And, and you guys didn't ask a single freaking question, you guys. Come on. <laughs> I, I think part of it is, is you guys just expect us to do a good job these days. But we could really use some questions some weeks anyway to keep us on task. Nobody leads reviews, so whatever. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Arcadia Insurance providing you with home auto boat insurance throughout the Midwest. And Livonia Technical Services. We'll put a link in this week's liner notes that also includes uh, some Amazon links to our Mike, uh, Mike, our old dog's uh, books. So you, if you want to check them out, you can go there. We'll probably update this here soon. Rob, how are you doing on reading that that book? One of them. It's going. Okay. I haven't. I haven't had much time to read the last couple weeks, but I'm getting there. And finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha